Lincolnshire. Non-league radio. The home of live commentary on lower league football in South Lincolnshire. Hello and welcome to the Lincolnshire Non-League Radio podcast sponsored by DWV Timber Engineering, Angels Taxa of Boston and Newton and Fallowell Lettings Estate Agents. My name is Tom, commentator on the station and this week we have our sixth goalkeeper joining us. We're joined by the Spold United goalkeeper, Michael Duggan. Firstly, Michael, thanks for coming on. How are you? Uh, no problem. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, no problem at all. So in this podcast, we will talk about Spalding's uh, season last season and look ahead to this one, Michael's time in the game and other goalkeeping topics as well. And of course, at the end, the football pub quiz. I've heard you're really looking forward to that last part, Michael. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's not something I'm looking forward to. I'm bit, I've been put under a bit of pressure by uh, Alex Smith and Ben Derbyshire. They've been giving me a bit of grief. <laughs> yeah, I can coming. see that. Yeah, so I've got to, uh, got to step my game up. Yeah, I believe Ben Derbyshire came third in our league tables last season. So you've got a... Not not much pressure at all, let's say. <laughs> uh, I've got to beat him, so he won't let me forget it. Anyway, so let's start off with last season at the Sir Haley Stewart, at the Sir Haley Stewart playing field. You played in the Northern uh, Premier League Midlands Division and there were a few players that came and went, a new manager halfway through. You finished 10th. I mean, how would you say last season went? Well, um, I think uh, all at the club would agree that we were hoping for a bit better than that. Um, we... Um, with Gabby coming in and some of the signings we're making, like Marcus Madison and Nate Stainsfield coming back, Greg Smith. Um, well, it was kind of a positive start to the season and the momentum was building uh, with the new owners and a, and a lot going on. So um, there's a lot of talk of pushing for promotion and and bits like that, but um, it's not that easy at step four. Um, so it, it takes a bit of time, a bit of building. And I think um, our our league position at the end of the season was was pretty accurate. We, we won as many games as we lost pretty much. We were just inconsistent, getting good results against near the top of the table and then dropping silly points near the bottom. Um, so, yeah, 10th temp, was about right on reflection. Um, a little bit disappointing, but hopefully lessons learned and we go again this year. So, would you say losing players like Marcus Madison at such an early stage than losing Gabriel, Gabriel Zakawani halfway through affected the squad's performances a little bit? Well, um, obviously, Gab, Gabby and, and Marcus coming in, like I said, it it it, it pushed the club along and it was, it was a good buzz about the club and how things were going. Um, obviously, there was, we had some decent players starting at the beginning of the season, like I said, uh, Naif and, and, and Greg. So, um, and yeah, and the thing is, though, Marcus, he obviously had bag, bags of talent. Um, he just was never really fully fit and, and obviously then got injured. So um, we saw we saw glimpses of what he could do um, in the FA Cup. And when he came on against Stamford, he, he, he changed the game. So um, it was just a shame we couldn't get him on the pitch for longer to, to really benefit from what he can do. And then with the expectations at the club and and how results were going. Um, ultimately, as a lot of football managers would say, it's a, it's a result business. And if um, things like can't go in your way, then, then then Gabby ended up, I think he had some work commitments as well. He was travelling a long distance. So he, end, he ended up leaving. Um, 
So yeah, it would have disrupted us a bit, and obviously it's it's not ideal leading the manager off through the season. Uh, new gaffer came in, uh, Brett Whaley, and he, he quickly identified a few bits, steadied the ship, and we started making a little bit of progress toward the end of the season, but too little too late then. The damage had already been done. Um, and it was just kind of, we, I think we stayed 10th or 11th for a few months from Christmas. We didn't really go up. We didn't really go down. So it was it was more beginning to build and have a look at things for this season, I would have thought. So with Zakawani and the new manager, Brett Whaley, of course, Zakawani is more of a higher calibre of manager, as, as in like, he's more well-known. Brett Whaley, he's not more well-known around that area, let's say. Um, would you say that affected the team maybe to a point as well? You went from a quite a, a high, maybe not highly rated coach, but a well-known coach to a more lesser well-known coach? Well, obviously, with, um, with Gabby's background in the game, it brought a lot of focus on the club, uh, put a bit of a bit of a target on our back. Everyone wanted to beat us because we'd be making a bit of noise um, in, in the build-up to the season. Um, I think, from my personal opinion, is I think I think Gabby obviously he's he's done stuff in the professional game, but non-leagues a different kettle of fish. And I think he was, I think he was surprised by, I think he underestimated. The, the level really. I think he thought it'd be a little bit easier to come in and 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 bring in a few players and and do well. And it, it it's it's not that easy. I mean, you, you look at the likes of Stamford who have been building for years and they've not managed to get out the league yet. Uh, they've been unfortunate, I think, and of some of the other clubs in the league have have been at that level for a long time and and been pushing for promotion for a long time and and haven't been able to do it. So it's it's uh it's it's tougher than it's tougher than that, and yeah, it's. Um, but um, Brett Brett knows non-league. He's been around the local area. Um, obviously, a, a lot of his previous clubs probably haven't got the resources that Spalding have got at the moment. So, um, and I mean, he's he's brought some really good players in for this season. So, um, yeah, it'll be um, it'll be interesting. He's got a little bit more non-league know-how. Um, so hopefully that will. That will put us in good stead for this season. So under Gabby, uh, at the start of last season, in pre-season, you played Peterborough United in a friendly. And of course, at the time, the posh manager was Darren Ferguson, son of Alex Ferguson. He was there watching. I mean, what was it like having him there watch you? And when did you find that he was there? Oh, sorry. We're talking about, we're talking about Alex Ferguson being there, sorry. Yeah, or well, both of them. Yeah, well, I mean, um, obviously, it's, it's friendlies like that are, obviously great you get a bit of a crowd you're playing against some some quality players um so they're the kind of games you, you want to play in um i've been fortunate enough to play people united before for saint Neats and uh, mk dons and a few other kind of higher profile friendlies and they're always the games you want to be in and um i'm usually kept pretty busy in those games as well so um and obviously with with sir alex being there i'm a massive manchester united fan so i I didn't actually know about it. Um, I think it was while I was warming up, someone mentioned it. If I'd have known, I'd have tried to get a picture with him before he left or something like that. Because obviously he's, he's just such a massive icon of the game. But yeah, um, I mean, in, in some ways, not knowing probably uh, was a bit bit better because I didn't really have time to think about it. Um, but yeah, it's, it was obviously great, great for the club. 
and great for the people there to see him. And um, it, was, it was nice of him to come down. He, he didn't have to. Um, you wouldn't imagine someone, someone of his stature coming down to watch Spalding United at the Sir Halley. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it was brilliant. It was brilliant. I mean, I am great for the club. And, I yeah, mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a massive Man United fan as well. I mean, I imagine uh, if I told you this, I got his autograph as he was uh, commentating right in front of him at that game. And I just had the balls to go and uh, ask him. And it was a bit nerve wracking, but I did it, which I was really happy about. Well, yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been, I'm not, if I ever see someone who's, who's famous or celebrity, I'm not really the person to go and, and run after them and ask them for a photo or an autograph. But some people, I think, if you get the opportunity, yeah. You, you've got him and, and he would be he would be one of them but as I say I didn't, didn't get the opportunity I was warming up and then I think he left pretty much straight at the end of the game or maybe even before the end of the game so I, I didn't get a chance to see him but um, it was nice to know he was there but I doubt he would have noticed me much though <laughs> No I mean as you said it was a, a once in a lifetime opportunity I guess more of a thing like that yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Like, I mean, it's it's unlikely I'm going to bump into him again, or, or maybe even you might not bump into him again. So, right. um, yeah, definitely, you got to you got to take those opportunities when you get. So let's look ahead to this season now coming up. With last season's slight restructuring in the whole non-league pyramid, it saw eleven new clubs put in with your league. Now you know what. Now you know a bit more about those clubs having played against them last season. Do you fancy your chances a bit more? Hoping for a high finish. Well, obviously, I think we we learned a lot about a few of the teams. Um, but I say again, the, the usual suspects will be up near the top. I'd imagine. Um, like I've, I've mentioned Stamford before, um, they've been going well in that league for a couple of years. Chase Town, I think they've kept the majority of their squad. They'll be they got into the playoffs. Um, Hells Owen, I think they're still in our league. So, um, I mean, there's a with the likes of Ilkeston going and a, and a, a few of the others, I think I think there is a an opportunity there to push for those that those playoff places. Um, the new obviously the new teams coming in are a little bit unknown. I think it's uh, obviously Har- Harbour did well in their league, in their league, but I don't know a lot about them. I know their players, but um, I think Hinkley have come in, um, Deerham. I played them in the FA Cup a couple of seasons ago, so I don't know a lot about them. So, yeah, we've we've learned a bit about a few of the teams, but there's also a lot of unknowns in there. So, um, we'll have to we'll have to obviously keep an eye and and uh, not take anything for granted. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I think there's an opportunity there, and with the players that we've brought in, we've got a big squad at the moment in pre-season. Um, it's competition for places in, in all the positions, which is only a good thing. Um, I'm, I'm quietly looking forward to this season. If we can get a good start, I think fixtures have been relatively yeah. OK for us to start with. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, but I don't like to get too carried away. It's a long old season. A lot can change. I've learned that as well over the last few years. So... Uh... If you say if you did have a decent start, you was up playoffs area or just outside the playoffs, and I imagine you've seen the rest of the fixtures. You've got Stamford at home on Boxing Day. I mean, would you class that Boxing Day match potentially a really huge game? Yeah, well, by by Christmas, you you're getting an idea of who's going to be up and there or thereabouts come the end of the season. Um, most people have got 
got the first couple of months out of their way and and got into their stride. So you can you can begin to see who's who's churning out the results, who's who's putting runs together. Um, so yeah, it kind of gives you a good indicator. If if you're up there around about Christmas, you've got a good chance of um, of being up there come near the end of the season. Um, and yeah, Stanford on Boxing Day and on Easter Monday, it's 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 always it's always a tasty game. I always enjoy playing Stanford, and um, like I said, they've they've been up there the last few seasons, so it'd be a good good measuring stick if, if they're up there. Then they're the teams you've got to beat. Mm-hmm. So we're going to look more uh, in general at your time at Spalding now. So according to the Spalding United website, you've been there since. February 2013, which is nearly 10 years, which is a hell of a long time to be at a club at this level. I mean, how do you manage to stay committed to one club for that amount of time? Well, uh, well, I mean, it's it's um, it's gone gone by pretty quick, really. But um, yeah, it's um, as a personal as a personal thing, I'm glad to have been at a club for so long because. It's quite easy to move around clubs and, and and jump around clubs nowadays if you if you if you want to. But Spalding have always been been good to me. Um, they've, they've they've always looked after me. I've I've never had an issue with um, really the, the the people in charge and the management at the time. I think I mean I've had plenty plenty of them. I think I've had what's it my tenth manager now, maybe third chairman. Like it's. It's been a high turnaround over over those years, but uh, just um, I enjoy playing now. I work in Spalding. Um, I live locally, um, and like I said, there's, there's some good people there, good volunteers there behind the scene that I've got to got to know very well. And I've I've, I've usually enjoyed my football there. There's been there's been some ups and downs. Um, started off pretty well, winning winning the UCL and, and the League Cup in the UCL, and then getting up to Step Four and knocking on the door, the playoffs, the playoff final. And then the last few years has obviously been a bit of a bit of a struggle as a, as a club. Um, fought off relegation a couple of times. So I've, I've seen it all really while I've been there. But I've, like I said, they've always looked after me and I've always, I've always felt comfortable there and happy there. So I didn't really see the point in changing. Um, I've had the opportunity to go to a couple of other clubs over over the seasons but yeah I've stayed <laughs> so as you said you've seen a lot of managers come and go which means I'm sure you've seen a lot of players come and go as well I mean do you ever find it hard to adapt to new managers or new players around you yeah I mean it can um it, it can it can be I mean it's it's there's probably again a bit of a reflection on how Spolden have done in previous seasons if, if you're starting every season with pretty much a new batch of players it's you can't really build anything you can't build a squad and and to get out of the league that we've been in the step four leagues it, it can it can take two or three seasons but that's two or three seasons of building your team and keeping players and and, and bits like that so yeah it, it, it can be and obviously um I mean we've been I've been really lucky to play with some of the players I've had I've been at managed to play with over the last over the last ten years. I mean, under Pat Raymond, we had a fantastic team that won the UCL. Um, I mean, unbelievable teams with the likes of uh, say we had um, Nate Stainsfield and Jamie Steams at centre half. We had Adam Jackson left back. 
Um, Jolly Allen was brilliant for us there yeah, that year. Chris Hall, fantastic player in midfield, and Lewis Webb, Jamie Fullborn, Andrew Tids. I, I could go on um, of local players that have been there, and um, and I've been really lucky. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's but without keeping them for a couple of seasons on the go, it's it's quite hard to build anything. Um, and managers coming in and out, and a bit of instability of the club behind the scenes, which is obviously hopefully all sorted now. Um, it's been hard to hard to kick on. So as you said, you were there when Spalding won the United Counties League in the thirteen fourteen season. Would you say that was one of your greatest achievements in football so far? Yeah, well, I mean, winning any league is is a good achievement, um, and some some players, better players than, than me, or who can go entire careers about winning a league um, or not winning a lot of silverware. I've been I've been lucky in, in the respect that I've I've won a bit in the lower leagues, like Grantham District Prem with Rutland Rangers and Peterborough Prem with uh, with Rutland Rangers, going on to. Um, St. Neots and winning the one step forward, Southern Central St. Neots that year. So I've been quite lucky. And then to come when I left St. Neots and come to Spalding, and obviously there were the players that they were, were signing at the time, they were really trying to get out of step five up to step four and, and hopefully beyond. But um, yeah, the, the UCL is, especially at the time, I mean, it's with the restructures, I think it's lost a little bit of its mm-hmm. local localness. Um, but there was, I mean, as a as a local league, UCL was the one that you'd always you always kind of follow. You had your Deepens in there, your Holbeach, your Spaldings, Sleafords. Obviously, Pinchbeck ended up going in there. I mean, they might not have all been at the same time, but it was it was a really local league, really competitive. Um, and it was a, I think we've lost that a little bit um, with with the restructuring. And and okay, there's always there's always been one team that. I've kind of thrown a bit at it and, and dominate it. You think, I mean, Spalding did the year we did and then your Diamonds kicking around, you had Kings Lynn in there, you had St. Nears the year they won it before I went there and uh, Peterborough Sports. There's always been one team that have, and you have to, because at the time, I think, well, I think it still is now, only one team goes up. Yeah. It so it's, it's a tough league to get out of. So yeah, it is. Uh, so yeah, to, for only one team to go up, it's it's and with no real playoff system either, it's um, it's a difficult league. So it's definitely definitely one of my highlights because the team we had was was so good. I mean, I think that I mean I was pretty much redundant for most of the seasons. For honest, yeah, I think I kept something like twenty eight clean sheets and conceded like I don't know twenty odd goals, uh, and I missed I missed the last seven games through injury. So. Um, it was a, it was an enjoyable season, but everything's better in football when you're winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you look at the United Counties League now, I mean, it's the Premier Division North, is which most of our teams we cover play. And I think it used to be it was six last season. It's now five because Holbeach got uh, transferred across. But it's still really, really competitive uh, between only maybe a certain amount of teams. And I think there's no real playoff system at the Step Five level, which probably didn't help. I mean, it, I think they were lucky last season. They had a decent title race between Long Eaton and Gressley. I think one of them's gone into your league next season, actually. But uh, I think second place can sometimes go up as well. But as you said, it's really, really competitive. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, the the, 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 the regions of the league 
the league for now, you've got the likes of Nottingham and Leicester, the, the bigger pools of players. So they can attract a lot more players and there's, there's a lot more, loads more clubs around there. And, and Lincolnshire as an area, there's, there's obviously a few clubs around the same level, but it's not like there's loads of no. uh, step three clubs around and step two clubs around for the players to come from. So um, it, it's difficult to compete. I mean, even in the league that's bowling in now, I mean, we're competing with Birmingham pretty much. Um, so... To, to attract players and, and to keep them and, and to stay competitive against some of those clubs that have got a bigger pool to pick from is, is, is some going. And, and credit to those teams that finish in that top top 10, top eight regularly. Um, you're doing well on that. But I mean, as I say, Long Eaton and Gresley kind of ran away with it between them. Um, and that was a tight, tight title race. Um, I think Long Eaton didn't go into league. Gresley have come back and played them before in, in the past. Um, always a beautiful place to go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like um, yeah, it's 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 tough. It's a tough league. It's a tough league to get out of, and I think it's just got tougher to be honest. With you, the last couple of seasons. So, so let's go back to the beginning now and see where it all began for you. I mean, one question I really want to ask you is: Was you always a goalkeeper from the start? <laughs> well, like a lot of goalkeepers, always fancy themselves as a bit of a striker, don't we? Um, but in reality, we're not that good, so that's why we end up in goal. So, um, I mean, it was the usual kind of thing. I mean, I, I, I lived in Oakham at the time, so I, I just joined the local youth setup, which was Royce Rangers at the time. Um, like I think it was nine, ten, soccer school kind of thing. Trying to be a striker didn't quite work out. Always ended up on the floor. Um, diving around, so it put me to good use in goal. Um, and then I don't think it was much long after that. I obviously started taking a bit more interest in football, Manchester United, and, and Peter, Peter Schmeichel was a massive like a hero of mine. Um, so that had a big influence on me wanting to be a keeper. Um, and then I just kind of stuck at it all the way up to under 16s I think it was and then there wasn't uh, an under 16s team or an under 18s team there wasn't an under 18s team so I almost kind of fell out of the game I just I was just playing with my mates if, if, if you know what I mean and then um, had the opportunity to go and play with the, men, the local men's team which was Rutland Rangers at the time and they were in the Grantham District Prem so I started playing for them when I was 16 I think it was playing like a a half half each with the other keeper to start with and then gradually gradually got in and and stayed there until I was 21 just playing men's football locally so um yeah so I, I was a striker for probably about one year when I was nine years old and then after that I've I've always been a keeper <laughs> <laughs> so at senior level you've played for St Neots Town Stamford and Blackstones I believe I mean uh, how did you get into uh, signing for those clubs? So, well, when I um, I went to university when I was twenty-one, to the University of Bedfordshire. Um, so I left I left Rutland Rangers, who were in the Peterborough Peterborough leagues at that time. Um, and the first year at uni, I, I didn't actually play Saturday football. I uh, just played university football, which is on a Wednesday afternoon, which is still a half decent standard. You get some good players at university, depending on the league you're in. I mean. Um, we weren't in the in the top league 
but um, I was at university with Dave Burton Jones and Deepin and, and, and a few others. So we had a we had a half decent team, and then it was just by chance I ended up going to a meeting with then Blackstone's managers. Um, I think it was uh, Mills and Bird. I can't remember the first names now. I think they were managed at the time. Um, and I kind of went along to pre-season with them. Didn't get in the first team. Um, and I played for Blackstone's Reserves under Gary Peace. Well, I think still there now in some capacity. Um, and he he helped me out a lot, actually, because he he um, paid my train ticket back from university. <laughs> 20, 20 quid to get me back. And uh, I played a year for them, which was my first real taste of... Um, UCL style football it wasn't obviously the UCL Prem but uh, that level of football and then played that for a year and we did won the, won the Reserve League Cup that year so we had we had a half decent team um, and then I think at the time after that it was it was Tunch who was a Stamford manager he used to be deeper manager um, he went to Stamford invited me to pre-season so I went pre-season there um, just because it was the opportunity. I mean, the opportunity to go to Stamford, um, I hadn't really considered at the time. So I went along and I think oh, well, the, the likes of Lee Beeson were there at the time and a, f- a few other good players. I think Dan Cotton was there. But I was, I was quite clearly third choice keeper behind Chris Wright and Danny Bircham. They were both there at the time. A lot more experienced keepers than me. I was a bit younger then. Um, so I went back to Rutland Rangers um, which actually turned out turned out all right. It's, it's one of those things that sometimes a, a step back helps you go forward. So I went back to Rutland Rangers, played Peterborough Prem. We won the uh, won the Peterborough Prem and the Senior Cup that year. So we won the double. Um, unfortunately, we didn't have the facilities to go up, um, and that's when Darren Jarvis and Michael Good invited me to Blackstones. So. Ended up getting in the UCL first uh, first first season in the UCL there. Finished eighth, won the League Cup. Uh, played really well against St. Neitz, who were uh, the manager was Dennis Green at the time, mm-hmm. um, and they had an unbelievable team that year. Um, but we managed to go to their place and we drew three all. I think it was. I had a I like the game of my life, um, even though I conceded three. But that, that was a good thing against that team at the time. Um, and they equalised, I think, in the in the ninety or odd minute. But I'm pressed, uh, Den Green, that he tried signing me then, put seven days in for me. Uh, I actually turned him down because I felt I've always I've always been quite loyal, really. So I, I felt that Darren Jarvis and Michael Good had, had given me an opportunity in the UCL, um, and I was enjoying it there. It was it was a good good bunch of lads. So. I actually turned him down and said, if you're still interested in the pre-season next, I'll come along. Um, so I stayed at Blackstone's and ended up winning that cup. And actually, the chairman at the time of St. Neitz, and, and then they they uh, they said to me when I when I eventually signed for them, I said, well, actually, that, that impressed us a lot that you're willing to turn us down um, and and stay loyal. Because I could have gone to St. Nick's halfway through the season and they won the UCL Prem. There were, there were quarterfinals of the FA Vars. Um, I could have I could have nicked a move there and and had a pretty successful season. But it turned out all right in the end. 
ended up going to St. Neots and yeah, had a, had a really good season with them. We won one step forward with that league. But again, an unbelievable team. Dan Jacobs, Lewis Hilliard, Shane Tolley, Stefan Moore, Ben Mackey, Junior Canuda. I don't know if you ever got to watch him play. He was, he was some player. So yeah, I was, I was, I was lucky really. I just had the right opportunities at the right time and 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 took them. Mm-hmm. So, so who that's, you... that's my career in a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> so who would you say is the best player you've played with and against? Oh, um, well, I mean that's that's a that's a that's a tough one. I mean that. At St. Nears, to say Junior on the ball was unbelievable. We did things with the ball, which I think he's been mentioned on. Has he been mentioned on this podcast before? I don't know. But um, what he did with the ball sometimes was was unbelievable. Then at the same time, Stefan Moore up top, he just scored goals for fun. Um, so it would be a toss up between them two um, in terms of the best best player I've played with. I mean, you can, you can argue Marcus Madison, but only really saw him for about 45 minutes, so I won't count him. Um, but yeah, um, I played against. Um, well, so we played Peter United in a in a friendly for St. Neots, and they had the likes of George Boyd playing. I yeah. mean, he's he was a he was a hell of a player. Um, he couldn't score past me though, so. That's a little, <laughs> that's a little tick. We lost seven three, but he didn't get to score, so I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the small wins. Um, so yeah, I'd say, I'd say one of those. I mean, uh, when we played MK Dons that year, Luke Chadwick played for them. He was obviously getting a, getting on a bit, but he had a half decent career, I suppose. Um, yeah, so I played against a couple. So I'd say against one of those two. So my next question is one what I really want to ask you, and as a secondary school student myself as well, I mean, you're also a PE teacher at a secondary school. I mean, do any of your students know you play? Do you ever see them at any of your games? And do they wind you up if you've had a bad game? <laughs> um, yes, is the, is the short answer to that. Yeah, um, I've got a group, there's a group of students now that come to a lot, a lot of the games. I mean, when I, when I first started for started playing for Spalding they, they didn't really they didn't really come come and watch but the last few seasons they have I've got a group of year 10s I keep having to remind them the idea is they go and stand around behind the opposition keepers behind the opposition goalkeeper <laughs> and put them off not stand behind me trying to put me off so um so yeah they they, they come along and watch you get a few students come along and watch and um which is nice um after trying my my language though <laughs> uh, with all them watching but um yeah and if we if we lose or i concede they do give me stick in the week um i have to hold my tongue a little bit but <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but no it, it's it's good it's it's a it's a good local community kind of um kind of feel to it um and obviously we want as many people down watching as, as possible so and if they start watching when they're younger then hopefully they stay watching all as all as we grow up it's, it's it's good to get behind your local team yeah I, I guess it also helps as well with non-league teams in that area Spalding's the highest level so we're starting at a fairly one of the more lower levels of non-league football I mean with Boston where I live I mean you've already got Boston United they're only two promotions off the football league I mean Boston yeah. don't always get a look into it if you know what I mean 
yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, I mean, it's it's the, it's the usual battle between clubs for for people through the gate. Um, I say, boss. I say a lot of a lot of my students go and watch go and watch Boston United. Um, great facility now at the new ground. I mean, the old ground was 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 nice, but the new ground's obviously uh, real good, and they've been they've been doing pretty well. Um, so yeah, they go and watch that. I mean, um, Peter United is not far away. Um, so some of them go, some go and watch them. But yeah, it's it's um, in terms of locally. Yeah, I mean, Spalding's actually quite a big place. So um, yeah, to 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 get them supporting the local team is 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 good. good. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to move on to one more set of questions, and then we'll go on to the football pub quiz at the end. So these next few are more based in based on goalkeeping questions in general. And I believe I asked the similar questions to Ben Derbyshire, Alex Smith and James Lambley last season. So you might know what I'm going to ask you. So in my opinion, there are two types of goalkeepers, one who shouts a lot and one who is a bit more calm and uses a more soft approach. I mean, with your most honest answer, which one would you say you are? Um, I'd say I'm actually quieter um particularly when i was younger it was um when i when i was younger a lot of used to say the keepers need to be really loud and 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 don't get me wrong they do um i wasn't that loud when i was younger as i've got a bit older um i'm louder but i tend to shout when i need to rather than all the time like some goalkeepers do um but it's Again, it's it's personal preference. I mean, some goalkeepers are like that because it keeps them concentrating on the game, keeps them focused on the game. Because one of the big things about being a goalkeeper is sometimes you're not doing anything for long periods of time, um, so you need to need to stay concentrated, concentrated. So um, yeah, I'd say I'm, I'm more of a more of a quieter one. I have my moments, but um, I tend to shout when I need to rather than all the time. Um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a personal personal preference thing. I mean, I think some goalkeepers can go a little bit over the top with it, um, but whatever whatever gets you playing the best, whatever works for you. So, what other qualities do you think a good goalkeeper should have? Um, well, I mean, I think I think you'd ask a, a lot of teams. It's it's consistency is the probably the big one. Um, if you've got a a consistent, steady goalkeeper behind you who you know that, okay, he's, he's going to be, I don't know, seven out of ten every week at least and uh, obviously capable of, a, of, of of being your nine and ten out of tens, then you're going to go pretty far. And what, what I mean by consistent is, is not making loads of mistakes, um, which, is, which is hard because everyone's, everyone's going to make mistakes. But um, I like... Uh, yeah, definitely consistency has got to be one. And then I think that they say with goalkeepers, you you tend to get better as you get older and you, you get a bit more experience. And I think that's that's a lot to do with it. As you get more experienced, you can, you know, how to manage games, you know, you know, how to um to uh, to deal with the different things that come come with it. But yeah, definitely consistency. I mean, I like to think that most goalkeepers shot stopping is probably the the baseline I mean if you're not a very good shot stopper then I don't think goalkeeping is really the 
the position for you. But so yeah. I like to think that every goalkeeper's shot stopping is is basics. But yeah, consistency for me. If you if you're a consistent goalkeeper every week and and don't make many mistakes, then you'll you'll go pretty far. I think. So. Which leads on to my next, my last question. I mean, what advice would you give to any young goalkeepers out there wanting to be like you? <laughs> Maybe get another role model. I don't know if you want to be like me. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, as I say, it's just I'll always say to any young goalkeeper, playing playing games. You can't. There's there's no substitute for it. Playing as many games as you can, and like like I like I alluded to earlier on is. Sometimes you have to take a step back to step forward. I I drop back down to the Peter Prem or I drop from step forward down to the UCL to get games. It was it was still men's football. I got to play every week, um, and that will put you in in much more good stead than maybe sitting on the bench and, and following a team around. Don't get me wrong. You need to you need to do that. Is that part of the game where you have to wait for your opportunities? But I'd always, I'd always advocate playing, even if it means not playing the level you want right away. I mean, like I said, I've been at Spalding for 10 years. You, you, your careers can last 10, 15 years. So don't be in a rush to climb up the, climb up the, the, uh, the pyramid as fast as possible if it means sacrificing your game time. Um, if you're playing regularly, I mean, I, I, I allude to um, Alex Smith. He, he was on the. He was following me around at Spalding for a couple of seasons, but the best thing for him is now him at Pinchbet playing every week, and his performances are showing that he was he was brilliant for Pinchbet last year, and I'm, I'm really happy for him. So, um, yeah, definitely, just just get experience playing games, playing men's football, um, and as I say, if you if you're good enough, you'll get the opportunities. Just be patient. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so that does uh, bring us to the end of the questions part of this podcast. But now we're going to go on to the final part, which is the football pub quiz. So, Michael, <laughs> how are you feeling about it? Um, <laughs> you might ask me at the end. Um, I don't know. I think locally I might do all right. But when you start asking me questions about League One or League Two, I won't have a clue. So, <laughs> fair enough. No, so last see, well, last week when we had uh, our fellow commentator Darren Traps join us, where, as we went through all the clubs for the predictions for the new season, we did start a new league table for the quiz. Of course, he is Tox; he's the only person who's gone, and he got two minutes and twenty-four seconds. And remember, we do have new rules now. If you do pass or get a question wrong. Uh, it means you get five seconds added on to your final time. So, uh, best of luck. Well, just, just before you start, so just looking for loopholes here. Could I pass on all 10 questions straight away? And then that would only be about 50 seconds. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess it depends how much time, how long it took you to uh, pass on all of them as well. So. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not going to do that. I'll give it a go. Just give it a go. Okay. So just to clarify, the first five are on local football, more like United Kansas League football. And then the last five, uh, or on football general knowledge. So whenever you're ready, I'll start the timer. Yeah, good to go. Three, two, one, go. So question one, which team plays at the Hayden Witham Stadium? Uh, Deep in Rangers. 
Question two, which team are nicknamed the Knights? Pinchbeck. Question three, Travis Portas is goalkeeper at which club? Boston Town. Question four, who kept more clean sheets last season, yourself or Alex Smith? Oh, it's got to be me. It's got to be me. Uh, question five, what is the nickname of Hull Beach United? The Tigers. Question six, Chelsea signed Kaladu Koulibaly from which club this week? Uh, Napoli. Uh, question seven. Which non-Big Six side has never been relegated from the Premier League? Oh, I don't know, Everton? Question eight. Out of the 20 current managers in the Premier League, who is the longest-serving manager in the Premier League? Um, oh, that is a good one. Um, I'm going to go Pep. No idea. Question nine. Where do Luton Town play? Um, I suppose I can't get away with just saying Luton. Um, no idea. Pass on that one. And question ten. Exeter City playing which league? Uh, league two. So that is your time. You did that in one minute and 35.61 seconds. So that's not a bad time so far. So let's go and uh, look at your answers. First of all, how did you think you did? Uh, I think I was flying in the first five or six. And then, um, I say, you started asking me about League One and League Two and things started getting a bit unstuck. So mm -hmm. we'll see. <laughs> so question one, which team plays at the Hayden Witham Stadium? You did play there last night as well, I believe. That was uh, Deep and Rangers. That's correct. Uh, question two, which team are nicknamed the Knights? Pinchbeck United, you got that one right. Question three, Travis Portas is goalkeeper at which club? The answer, Boston Town, correct. Question four, who's kept more clean sheets last season? Yourself or Alex Smith? You said yourself. Do you know how many clean sheets you got last year? Oh, I think I just scraped into double figures. So it was like 10 or 11 or something like that. According to the website, you got eight. So. Oh. Wow, must be counting cup, must be counting cup games. <laughs> but uh, you uh, did beat Alex Smith by quite a bit. He only got three. So anyway. Uh, well, he's, he's saved about eight penalties, I think. So. Yeah, it's not too bad, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Question five. The Tigers is the nickname of, uh, sorry, uh, Holbeach United. Uh, what is Holbeach United's nickname? The answer, the Tigers. You got that one correct. Question six. Chelsea signed Kaladu Koulibaly from which club this week? The answer, Napoli. Question seven, which non-Big Six side has never been relegated from the Premier League? This is where you kind of started to stutter yeah. the answers. You did get it right, though. The answer was Everton. Uh, yeah, well, I think they might struggle this year, so that yeah. question might be redundant. Uh, question eight, out of the 20 current managers, who is the longest-serving manager in the Premier League? You said Pep. It was, in fact, Jurgen Klopp. Oh, I was going to say him, but... That's how much I dislike Liverpool. I just refuse to use him as an answer. Yeah, but I think Pep's, I think, the second longest serving, or he's not far away. Yeah, I knew. I was going to think it was one of them two, to be fair, but I took anyway, a gamble. Anyway, question nine, where did Kenilworth Road play? Uh, well, sorry, where did Luton Town play? I just said the answer, Kenilworth Road. You passed that one. That was incorrect. And Exeter City played which league? Kind of a 50-50 chance. You said yeah. League Two. The answer is League One. 
Oh, nightmare. Oh, well. You you did actually start quite well. You got seven out of ten. And if you add the uh, timings on to your final score, uh, I'll just use a calculator quickly. Maths isn't really my thing. You might be able to. (laughs) Don't bother asking me because it's not my strong point either. (laughs) Yes. So... I'll work it out. Uh, I'll put it on the league table anyway, but you got it... uh, you did it in one minute and 35.6. Well, anyone good at maths, add uh, 15 seconds onto that. So there you Where go. Where does that put me second? Uh, yes, but I imagine you'll probably get uh, some people finished uh, lower than that. We did last season. So, uh, but anyway, thoughts on that? Yeah, well, I mean, um, well, on the quiz, so I lost you a second on the quiz, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, well, like, like I said, I'd, lo- locally, I need to get out more, I think. <laughs> I need to watch a bit more... Uh, bit more league football but yeah now I'll take that seven out of ten what did Ben get Ben I'm not sure he got nine out of ten but his score's kind of irrelevant now as it's a new season so uh, okay oh, and I man. just worked out as well it's quite basic maths actually 35 plus 15 you got uh, your final uh, times one minute and 50 seconds which okay so I'll, that's quite a quick time I'll take the time I'd, li- I'd like to scrape eight out of ten at least but no I'll go with that I'll take that so that does bring us to the end of this week's podcast. Michael, thank you for coming on. You've been another brilliant goalkeeping guest. Any final thoughts? No, I've, I've, I've fully enjoyed it. So I listen, I listen to your podcast in the car on the way to work. So um, keep up the good work. It's, it's nice to get a bit of local coverage on all the local teams. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I can't listen to your commentary because I'm usually playing. But um, yeah, no, keep it up. I'm enjoying it. Anyway, I thank you for the kind words again. But we do have some upcoming commentaries to tell you about on Lincoln Shinongi Radio for the start of the season. On Saturday the 30th of July, we'll be at Boston Town as they play Quorn on the opening game. Then the following Tuesday, the second, we'll be following Town again, this time at Deep and Rangers. And then the day after, we'll be watching Skegness Town play Sleaford Town. And then the FA Cup extra preliminary round, we've got coverage of Boston Town versus Harborough. And the first time we'll be covering Spalding this season will be on Bank Holding Monday, Monday the 29th of August, where they'll be at home to Yaxley. So I hope to see you then. Yeah, I look forward to it. Anyway, once again, thanks for joining me, Michael, and we'll have a next week's podcast guest confirmed on Twitter in the week. Once again, thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Goodbye.